What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm your host, Howard Bender. And that's right, Adam Ronis still on vacation. The red carpet rolled out for a string of guests. And I've saved the absolute best for last. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, uh, not your typical fantasy sports guest at all. He is the director of music programming for Sirius XM. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Fink. What's up, Ari? How you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm so thrilled to be here, Bender. I'm thrilled to see your face. I'm thrilled to ante up right now. And who needs Adam Ronis on vacation? Because we're going to have a good time. We are definitely going to have a good time. So now, listen, you've joined me on uh, on, on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Um, I've done a roll your own on, uh, on, on the old jam on station there. Um, so we've connected that way there, but our audience here is probably like, what the hell is this dude doing on here? Why is that the case? Um, for anybody who's followed me, you guys know the jam on fantasy football league is, um, without question and no offense to the rest of my industry, but there is no better fantasy football league than the jam on fantasy football league. And, uh, that that blossomed out of uh, out of you and and I, Ari. I actually, I, I think it was a, a cross promotion initiative by SiriusXM. I think I reached out to you as far as a fantasy baseball league, and I don't think there was any interest drummed up there. I hit you up and said fantasy football, and everything changed. It's true, and you can just go ahead and call me the co creator of, of this wondrous league that you mentioned. Even though you are our commissioner, I feel like I earned my stripes. I, I won a championship in the first five years of a league that's stacked with experts and a few music guys like myself as well. But everything changed when I won that championship in 2019. And you're right. It is the most fun league going. It's a great mix of guys and uh, very competitive, but also good natured. We have a blast. We definitely do. And listen, as far as competitive goes, yeah, I think people take this league more seriously than than any other leagues out there. For those of you who don't know, um, let's see, on the uh, on the sports side, you got me, you got Steve Gardner, uh, Bob Wischusen from ESPN, Adam Zucker from CBS Sports, uh, Chris Weaver from uh, NFL Films, right? So that's the sports side. On the other side, there's Ari. Jonathan Schwartz and Andrew Brass, they share a team because neither one of them is good enough to compete on their own, right? Um, Ryan Stasek, the bassist from Umphreys McGee, Mark Brownstein, uh, Brownie won last year. He's the bassist for the Disco Biscuits. Chris Corota, lighting designer for Fish. He and Brad Sands, Fish's old tour manager, they uh, they team up. And um, who am I missing out of this? George Geekus from The Revivalists. George uh, Geekus from The Revivalists. And your boy Mo, your boy Al from Mo. <laughs> Mo from Al Schneer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My wife oh, loves been a and great adores uh, him. new addition along with George, and that rounds us out, right? That rounds us out. Yeah, we used to do. Uh, we used to let listeners in. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, then the listeners really started to kind of fanboy out a little bit. And, uh, we thought it was just best to kind of cool the jets there and, uh, and, and end up utilizing, uh, getting some more exposure in here. I, I think the, the sports guys who haven't won yet, that being with shoes and Zucker who like their bottom feeders every year, 
I think they were lobbying to get more rock stars into this whole thing, thinking that maybe that was going to help out better. They didn't realize, though, Howard, that rock stars have nothing but time on their hands and they don't do diddly squat during the day. And so those guys, Stasic, especially Geekus as well, they're looking at, at you know, the the odds and they're looking at sporting events, random sporting events, not just their teams, but they got nothing but time to sit there and flip on the TV and see who's playing. And eh, maybe I'll throw 20 on it. I don't know. Seems oh, like a Stasic, fun thing. Stasic's the ultimate degenerate. He knows it. I know it. Every time I get a DraftKings invite for him for some random golf tournament, I'm like, come on, dude, really? Come on. Um, <laughs> but listen, I, I love the league. I, I think a lot of people are into the league. Um, the winner is crowned on stage. That's always the uh, the, the best thing there is the, uh, the winner gets to pick the show of their choice and uh, and crown on stage. You were crowned at what was it, an Umphrey show? It was an Umphrey show at the legendary Beacon Theater in New York City, pre-pandemic. And uh, right before, almost, uh, you know, a few months before, it, it was just uh, such a fun moment. I got to encourage everybody at the Beacon uh, to get rowdy, made a speech, tributed Stasic, tributed the league. And uh, it, there's no better way to cap off an underdog, nobody saw it coming league championship like the one I had. Nobody did see it coming because, I mean, well, frankly, come on. Your, your teams have been terrible in the past. I'm way too busy to pay attention. But, hey, sometimes the chips fall in line and, and they work for you. So, yeah, pretty sure uh, pretty sure uh, somebody's wife had to uh, help you draft one year, too, right? Several people's wives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, listen, so so I dig the league a ton. It's It's been a, a blast here. The crossover is really what gets me. I'm obviously a big jam band guy. Um, and tell everybody exactly what you do, because director of music programming for Sirius XM um, is, a, is a pretty broad scope. Um, are you responsible for The Bridge, my actual favorite channel on, the, uh, on Sirius XM? I am sadly not responsible for that smoothness and that calm approach that The Bridge takes. Um, <laughs> I'm a director of music programming, one of several, um, and my sandbox is all this improvisational music. I cut my teeth and, and grew up programming Jam On. I was originally hired to help launch the Grateful Dead channel before that, but um, through the years I programmed Pearl Jam's channel, and now uh, my main responsibilities are on channels 29 and 30, Fish Radio and Dave Matthews Band Radio. So are you best friends now with Dave and Trey? Are you guys all like hanging out, just kind of chilling? They put up with me pretty nicely. They do. You know, at this point, we, uh, we've we certainly done a lot of work together. So it's great. They're great guys. And and all jokes aside, I mean, both organizations and, and both bands have really incredible talent um, that we're thrilled to work with. And, you know, personally, it's, you know, I'm over the moon about it because I grew up listening to that stuff. So what could be better? Um, probably nothing. Nothing in my, like, I mean, you know, it's so funny, right? It's like grass is always greener on the other side. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I would, I would love that and be able to go to these shows. And, you know, cause you do all the live broadcasting from the shows too. You actually brought me in on that for that new year's, um, which was phenomenal. There I am. I'm like here in the shed in California. Um, Working the live broadcast for New Year's Eve with uh, with Ari, 
who was live at, at MSG. Um, I mean, those shows have to be pretty sick just to be sitting there broadcasting live from there, right? There's nothing like it. Honestly, it's such a unique thing. And, you know, these bands have a, a lot of similarities and a lot of ties to the sports world and the fandom of the sports world and being able to be in the moment and, you know, bring that note that's happening right then and there to whoever can't make it to the venue is just, it, it really it keeps me going. And it's, there, there's nothing that could be more inspiring or motivating than being able to do that. Honestly, it's the shit. And the garden is shaking and it's New Year's Eve and people are hyped. It doesn't matter whether it's Dick's or, you know, a million other venues all across the country. There, there's nothing like getting live and be able to being able to bring that to people all across North America. So was this the path that you were on? Like, I mean, let's face it, college. Yeah, I mean, all right. So high school, then college, you went to Maryland, right? I did. Shout out to the Terps. Shout out to the Terps. Why not? Right. Most overrated college basketball program since Len Bias passed away. How um, dare you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Just because Turgeon can't win in this past the Sweet 16, that, that's not a statement on the talent because those guys are good. Although this past year, Turgeon coached him up. So we'll see. Let's just, you know, bide our time. You can call them overrated, but they know how to rise to the challenge. I get the hype from the producers who all live down in D.C. for uh, Sirius XM Fantasy. So I have to deal with the Terps talk uh, over and over again. I don't even know if I told you. I have I have a, the, the best Maryland uh, College Park story of all time. I was 16. I was working as a day camp counselor this, that summer, was dating a girl. Um, who introduced, who brought me down to Maryland. She was a, she was going to, she was going to be a freshman that, that, that fall. And, uh, and so I was 16. She invites me down for Halloween weekend um, at college park. And that was absolutely insane. I, the, the way it kind of get, gets laid out as my dad said, when he picked me up at the airport after that whole weekend, it looked like, you know, when your dog runs away and comes back about three weeks later <laughs> after he's been doing who the hell knows what. Three weeks. <laughs> Dude, it was a blur. But Good for you at 16, that's quite the invite. So I want to thank whoever in that amazing lady was who invited you to experience the, the wondrous amazement <laughs> that is College Park at 16 because I had a couple experiences like that growing up not too far. But man, that's incredible. It was fun. It was it's fun. A fun. But place. anyway, so so you go to college in Maryland. Did you go for broadcasting? No, not even close. I, I grew up playing music. Um, I was playing bass in middle school and high school and was in bands and got to University of Maryland, answered an ad in the college paper for a bit, you know, band looking for a bassist my freshman year. Spent two years playing with kids who were two years older than me. Um gigs in dc and philly and new york and and everywhere else you know and then they graduated moved to new york and i was traveling up to new york for my last two years of school making an album we put out an album when i graduated we did the whole thing we were in i moved to new york city afterwards and the gig at sirius xm was was actually um recommended to me and i hadn't considered it at all but it was specifically for the dead channel and it was a friend of mine who was working in the finance department 
at the time who was just like, listen, you know how to produce digital audio content. Like you're recording yourself in these bands. Like there's this dead channel that we're launching. This is, you could, you should try this and see what happens. And that was a part-time gig and it was in 2007 and here we are. You grow up a, de- a deadhead? Yeah. I mean, you know, I went the pretty traditional route of like classic rock, Floyd and Zepp and the who to the dead to fish and onwards. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, man, I made a weird progression also. I did the, the classic rock, but I, I had, I got hit with that heavy metal phase. Sure. You know, growing up in New York and being able to go see like Iron Maiden at the garden and Motley Crue at Madison Square Garden. Like I grew up in Madison Square Garden. That was unbelievable there. So it's a great hometown venue. You're a lucky dude. Yes. I know. I'm lucky Thank to you. call it home now. So <laughs> I tell you what, you know what? That's probably the thing that I miss the most about being out here in San Francisco now um, is not having that that home like the garden. Um, you know, they've got the Chase Center now. It's which supposed to be nice. People are it's, saying it's going to be nice. I'm sure it's going to be pristine. I'm going to end up seeing a, a couple of fish shows there. We're probably going to try and get there. Uh, we're we're going to try and find a concert so we can just kind of scope out the lay of the land. Sort of thing, but did you know Chris Carota did all the lights at the Chase Center, designed it like he did Madison Square Garden? Well, I'm sure fish fans are going to be amped to be able to see a show with lights, extra lights that Carota built in. Because when you go to see fish at the garden, you get all these extra lighting patterns that Chris has built into the ceiling and the rafters and here and there. And it just enhances the experience like, whoa. Yeah. How many, how many shows have you broadcast from the garden now? I don't know. A bunch, man. A bunch. Are I, you, I are you say, going out on this, this whole tour? Like they're back now and everybody's really like, we're going to be doing up. a bunch of stuff on this tour. Um, and, uh, you know, people can tune into fish radio channel 29 to find out exactly what and when and where, I mean, our basic approach is that if we're not broadcasting the show live, We'll play it back for you the next day at noon Eastern or 3 p.m. Eastern if it's a weekend. So if it's not live, you'll get the next day playback. Um, and we try to provide comprehensive coverage, you know, when the band is out on the road, in addition to playing all that dope archival stuff. Do you get to enjoy tour at all now? I mean, like being the being the guy over at Fish Radio. And I mean, listen, even when you were just it was it was, you know, jam on. And you were doing, uh, you know, because you guys were broadcasting some stuff over there as well. Like, I mean, do you get to kind of enjoy a, a, a leg of the tour, a run of the tour at all, and just be able to sit and enjoy the shows from a from a fan perspective? I'm always enjoying the shows. It just, you know, is a little bit different. It depends on what the scenario is. I saw Trey at the Beacon on Tuesday night and wasn't working no you know obligations just in the moment no phone out no nothing i didn't take one picture not one video it was just like locked in with the string section with the rescue squad strings and jeff tansky and it honestly it was so glorious um long overdue but i have fun no matter the scenario um it's always a blast and there's no rush like being live on the air from a venue like madison square garden you know compared to not doing that it's like insane you know i mean you've done it 
what broadcast from you've from been the live, live on the air while we're carrying a show from the garden like you were talking about on that new year's eve yeah I mean, but you know there. what though but you're you're Damn. you were at the garden i was sitting sure. here i was like watching it on a live stream um and it was you know i'll tell you what was really funny was that because when the when the sets were being played and i was just you know i was sitting here you know in the shed by myself watching on the live stream i'm puffing i'm feeling good and then, like, I totally forget the fact that at set break, I was supposed to, like, meet up with you on, on the air as well. I was like, oh, like, see, that's like, I would never be able, like, I could broadcast a sporting event. Fine. Completely fine. But, you know, at me at Madison Square Garden, knowing that I would like, because you don't, you don't stay backstage, right? You go to the front and you watch the show. Yeah, I'll pop out during the set. Yeah. So, yeah, I would probably just kind of get lost in, in, in that whole shuffle there. And maybe it's the conditioning of programming 24-7, 365 radio stations for the past 14 years of my life. But my internal clock doesn't turn off. And, you know, it may not be perfect, but it gets better every day. I'll tell you that much. And so some of it is ingrained. And honestly, like I'm in the moment almost more so when we're on the air than off. It's just a different sort of lane. But, you know, it requires... A, a high level of listening and attention and it's uh there's nothing like it man i love it all you should right isn't that what they say you love what you do so it's not technically work favorite moments you got a couple favorite moments um just over the course of the past decade i mean Time. you know yes. all the live broadcasts years. are great are really fun msg especially you know, um, it's hard to say. I mean, some of the early festival broadcasts that we put on the air on Jam On, whether it was from Bonnaroo or Halloween um, or, or Mountain Jam or so many others, those were like great learning experiences. And we did a ton of stuff, you know, five and six and seven years ago before it was really happening. The live stream thing was was ubiquitous. And so that was those were formative experiences. Um you know, I'm always looking forward to the next show, too. So that's going to be one of them as well. All right. All right. Well, I don't want to. We're not going to give away what shows you're broadcasting or anything like that. We'll keep all that hush hush. Um, although I'm, I'm curious as to I mean, am I going to see you? But I'll put it this way. Right. I'm going to do Tahoe. I'm going to be at Dick's. I'm going to go see him here in San Francisco. And uh, and I'm going to be at Vegas for Halloween, that that whole uh, shebang. Will I see Ari Fink in person at some point between now and, say, when I come back to New York for New Year's Eve at Madison Square Garden? Oh, Which come on. Trey already let the cat out of the bag on that one on the air for you guys. Come on, Bender. I mean, you're going to see a lot of me. You can't get rid of me. You're stuck with me. You're going to be seeing plenty of me. Don't don't worry about it. See, that's all I want to know, man. That's yeah, all I want. plenty. I'm okay. I'm going to be in Atlantic City. I'm going to be at Dick's and uh, beyond that, you know, hopefully more more stops as well. All right. All right. We're talking here with Ari Fink. He is the director of music programming at Sirius XM. We are a football. We are a fantasy podcast here. So why don't we? Uh, we'll, we'll come back on the uh, other side after we pay a couple of bills to keep the lights on. Get Ari's thoughts on this Washington football team. Ooh, stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
All right, we're back here with Ari Fink, director of music programming over at Sirius XM. Oh, baby, come on. Why? So, so Washington football team, you grew up with the Hogs. It's the worst team in the world. It's been the worst team in the world. I think it was the uh, the 80s when Doug Williams uh, led them to the Super Bowl. 1988. That's like, that's like your big heyday. 1991. 1988, Don't forget like about 1991 with Mark Rippin, though. Oh. I had two. I technically had three by the time I hit my bar mitzvah, if you count 83. But it was it's a storied franchise with a heyday. And uh, we know, uh, you know, how the cliff that we all fell off of uh, soon after that. But we're climbing back, baby. Do you feel like the culture of of being a Washington fan has like changed that dramatically? I mean, it's tough because you're not down there now. You're living in New York. But I mean, you know, with Ron Rivera as the new coach. Um, I mean, Dan Snyder's still the owner. He still, I don't know. He's like the only person in the world who can get me tooed and and still retain like exactly where he's at. That's that's a mind scrambler to me. Um, but do you feel like the culture is different there with this team? Not even the same team name. Are you kidding me? Of course, the culture is different. And sure, Snyder is one conversation, but everything else has been moving in the right direction, starting with that defensive front and, you know, the way that Ron Rivera has designed his roster and drafted and moved in free agency. And so, yeah, there is definite optimism around the Washington football team and and a reason for fans and longtime fans, forever fans like myself to get amped about it. So when we're sitting there in the draft for Jam On, I'm going to have to watch out for who? Well, you're going to target Antonio Gibson? He's fast. He is fast. He's fast. He scored, what, nine, ten touchdowns last year? Maybe eight. I mean, came on at the end of the year. He had that one, three touchdown game. I think that, you know, he's going to factor into their plans in a major way. And those receivers, they bolstered their receiving unit in a really huge way. You know, not just with signing Curtis Samuel. Of course, you got McLaurin in the number one spot, but Adam Humphreys, if he can stay healthy and they drafted Deami Brown too, who is a burner. He is definitely a burner. I, you know, I feel like a lot of people are underselling uh, Curtis Samuel. I, I love that signing. I was a big Curtis Samuel fan. I loved what he was doing in Carolina. Scott Turner, your offensive coordinator really gets the most out of his players. Like, and that was the big thing um, for Curtis Samuel and his breakout because he's utilizing him, as a runner as well, he's doing the jet sweeps and he's doing the trickery and, you know, and, and Samuel's got the speed to do that, but Samuel's also got the speed for those underneath routes, those slants that they can run and get him moving in, uh, in space. I, I feel like this is probably, I feel like this is probably the, uh, the, the player that nobody's talking enough about. Also, you know, he's got that relationship with Terry McLaurin. McLaurin's going to be his biggest cheerleader. You got to understand, you got a number one receiver who is like very tight with his second receiver who, you know, I think they went to college together, if I'm not mistaken. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Or I, I have no idea. This is, I, this I'm is pretty sure me. they were at Ohio State together, whatever. They have a relationship from right. what I've read in passing. And so to have a number one receiver who's going to be selfless, who wants to see his buddy succeed on the other side and who's going to take double coverages all game long. Like that's an exciting dynamic and the proposition for, you know, Scott Turner and the rest of the offense that look, I'm not necessarily sold on Fitzmagic, magic, but if they draw it up, right. 
hopefully the lanes are there. Right. Do you feel like you're going to get like a little flavor of the Jets with you with your quarterback right now? Because no, that's not Jets? a good flavor. No, the it's Jets. Like a, get out of like here. A, this is going to be a, a victorious flavor. Come on. Well, let, let me at least warn you here that Fitz magic turns Fitz tragic in like that, like a blink right, of the right, eye. Right, which is why I'm hoping Taylor Heineke has a bomb camp, shows up, throws out, makes it really, really tough for them to start Fitzpatrick so they're not worried about switching if and when because Taylor Heineke blew me away in the playoffs. He took it to that Tampa Bay defense. I mean, that dude showed quickness. He showed poise. He showed creative improvisation under pressure. All these things that you need to win. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Doug Flutie, maybe just because he's short and he's like scrambling around, whatever. But like, <laughs> and he made all the throws. It was a great game. You saw it. You know what I'm talking about. I did. I, listen, I did see it. I know what I'm talking. I know what you're talking about. I, listen, I, I actually, I literally just broke down Washington on the Fantasy Alarm Show earlier today. So you know, I've been like neck deep in. in man, I gotta, dude, I keep wanting to call on the Redskins. I know I'm not allowed to call on the Reds. If you, all right, here you go, Ari Fink. If you could name the Washington football team, if you could give them any name, what are you naming this franchise? Oh, see, it's such a hard, it's a lose-lose question. It's a proposition that is just, you're talking about a, what, multi-billion dollar brand yeah. that is that is steeped in history. Nobody's going to win. Everyone's going to be annoyed. By and large. So I, I can't sit here. And also, we've been through this with the bullets, right? We saw it happen with Washington, D.C.'s basketball team and basketball team. And now they're the Wizards and whatever. Fine. People are used to it. But damn, I mean, as growing up as a West Unseld fan on and on, like that's tough. It's a tough scenario. It seems to be a, a bit of a fan sort of movement around Red Wolves. I'm not sure whether or not that's going to end up happening. I've heard Warriors. I'm sure there's a million other options. People are saying they might stick with Washington football team. I'm going to tell you what, Howard. I don't care what they're called as long as they get nine, ten wins, preferably. I don't care. You could call them the Patsies. You could call them whatever you want. You could make up whatever name you want. If they get me ten wins, I'm going to be screaming it. Well, the Vegas over-under is at eight right now, minus 114 on the DK Sportsbook. If you want to take the over on that, Ari, you going to do it? About, I'm thinking about it. I, nine wins feels right to me. Ten would be, you know, overachieving. But I've got a lot of optimism around their defense, especially and the coaching staff. And so – as long as, you know, Fitz magic doesn't turn to Fitz tragic in too many fourth quarters, I, I think they got a chance to compete every single week. That's all you can ask. I think they're better than the Giants. Um, they're definitely better than the Eagles. Can they yeah, hang well, with the Cowboys? Come on, that defense was trash last year. We all know it. The, the, the Cowboy defense was absolute trash, but, I mean, come on, that offense is ridiculous. I mean, everybody added skill positions. The Eagles and the Giants did too. I'm not sitting here, you know. They're both those franchises. Uh, luckily, the Eagles are dealing with a, a Bruce Allen type situation with Howie Roseman. I mean, it's great to watch, you know, a couple miles, you know, a couple hours down I-95 um, after, you know, that that Super Bowl win. It doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, a very harmonious environment up there. But 
You never know what's going to happen. It's, you know, I hope that it's not the NFC least again and that the Redskins can overachieve, but I'd rather it be the NFC least again and have the Redskins deliver exactly what they did so they can sneak into the playoffs at eight and eight. You know eight what I'm eight. saying? Are they, are they not going to play a final game this season? Okay. So not, you know, nine and eight. That's so weird, by the way. Isn't that? It's going to mess bizarre. up. It's going to mess up everybody's fantasy season at some point or another. How so? Explain to me where it's going to go wrong. I don't really know Bobby. where it's going to go wrong. See, years. for me, for me, it seems pretty easy. You just add an extra week to your regular season. So instead of, you know, in, instead of a 12 week regular season, a 13 week regular season, you go to the 14th week, your, your final weeks are uh, 17, 16 and 15. So yeah, you do a 14 week regular season, three weeks of the playoffs there. You still don't play games in the final week. And that's what happens. The problem is though, is that week 14, there's like a bunch of teams on by. Yeah. That, and that's that going to be the first be week of the playoffs competing for your first championship. I mean, not in my case, cause I've already won one, but you know what I'm saying? I've already won one too. I mean, right, you, know, so. you, you, you want me to get the trophy? I got the trophy right back here. If you want, we don't need to show everybody the trophies. This is audio only. Okay. We, you, they'll, they'll just believe us. We got the trophies <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> Yo, what are we going to do? So I think Brownie, uh, he told me that I guess Chris Weaver was going to see him at a, at some show in Philly uh, coming up in July. Um, and I think he's going to end up presenting him the trophy. Are you allowed to get the trophy at your own show? I don't, I might have to throw the penalty flag out on that one. I mean, I, it would be a lot more uh, broad if Brownie could get the trophy on stage at somebody else's show, right? Whether it's the Revivalists or um for Mo, like, wouldn't that make more sense? You, you would think it would make more sense, but I mean, let's face facts. Now that, now that the pandemic is, is I'm not going to say it's completely over, but now that everybody's trying to get back to normal here, I feel like all of these bands that have not been able to tour for as long as they haven't been able are now just going to completely go the opposite way and are going to try and tour for like 360 out of 365 days. Which is what they were doing in, you know, well, maybe not in Brownie's case, but, you know, which a lot of them were doing previously. So, yeah, it's time to get after it. Let's go. And in Brownie's case, it's like, let's double down. It's beautiful. Biscuits fans are just, you know, getting a wealth of tour dates. Everybody is, as it should be. Long overdue, man. Nobody comes out to the West Coast, man. Nobody I'm, comes out to the West. Stop. We're trying. We're trying to make it out there. Fish is headed out there for all of October, dude. That's uh, right. I plus couldn't believe sub, that. Plus Tahoe. And I mean, they're, you know, the gorge. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm just fish is delivering. Dave's tour has a bunch of West coast dates. Everybody's trying to get everywhere. Trust me. Where, 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 when's Dave out here? Dave's at the gorge Labor Day weekend. Every I'm, not year. Going, I'm not going up to the gorge. You think the gorge is like a hop, skip and a jump away. It might be several hop, skips and jumps, but it's worth it. It's beautiful there. Dude, I have to fly to Seattle and then yeah, I have to the drive car. hours to the gorge. If I know, I'm I've do done it. it. I'm sure you have too. I'm just saying, West Coast. They're West Coast not getting enough love. All right. Well, you know, once people start playing the Chase Center, once the Chase Center, you know, the word spreads, you'll see. You know, it's funny listening to Howard complain about not enough live music and he lives <laughs> in the Bay Area. He, somebody's listening in Nebraska going, this mother. Are you serious? Like, dude, you, you're going to, you do get it. You will get it. You have gotten it. Trust me. People are coming. I was, Bands are coming. 
spoiled. I was absolutely spoiled growing up in New York because I hit shows at the Garden. I had hit shows at the Nassau Coliseum. I'd go out to the Meadowlands. And then guess what? The Spectrum is right there. Boston Garden was right there. It was the easiest thing to do was to tour around in the Northeast. Now I'm out here and I'm like scraping by, just waiting for a show to happen. Nobody's dropping good tour dates here. And then, you know, of course, Umphreys is out here uh, in September, right? Yeah. The same time I'm being in Colorado. Like they can't even space it out. That's messed up. Got to call Stacey. I can yell at him, tell him to change his plans. I probably it's will. all right, though, Howard. You're going to get plenty of live music, and it gives you an excuse to travel, get back to the East Coast, go to Denver, go here, go there, maybe even the Gorge if you're ready to hop, skip, and jump. Mm, you can make dude, it. I'm I just saying, traveling is great. I can't wait to go travel. It's going to be great. I mean, being able to go places after being you know, stuck in this basement for, what, 16 months? Like, <laughs> I can't wait, man. I'm it's definitely going to be good to get back out there. It's definitely going to be good. All right. Well, Ari, dude, thank you so much for uh, for for stopping by, joining me here on the podcast. I, you know, listen, I, I there's a there's a so much crossover between fantasy sports and fish. It's hysterical. It really is. I told the story of a fantasy football draft at Oswego in '99 uh, in our RV before show times there, and everybody kind of digs on that. So I know that they absolutely love uh, that from uh, from you and you joining us here. Uh, anything that you want to, uh, you, you care to promote, maybe give the anti up subscribers a little bit of sneak peek that nobody else has. Oh man. Now you're putting me on the spot here. All, all I can say is that we're working, working on a ton of live broadcasts for fish and Dave. We want to be able to be in the moment with everybody who, you know, wants to hear what those bands are doing on stage. So rock with us on channels 29 and 30, and you can hear me Monday through Thursday on Fish Radio, Sirius XM 29, from 3 p.m. to midnight Eastern. I do a show on Thursday nights called Headbands, which is an hour of psychedelic music from all across the globe, which is worth checking out. You can hear it on the Sirius XM app. And, uh, you know, we just launched this really fun listener Q&A campaign on Fish Radio called Ask Fish, where we're giving fish fans the chance to ask the band that one burning question that they've always wanted to. All you got to do is make a video ask your question, introduce yourself, send it to us, fishradio at SiriusXM.com. We'll try to put it in front of them before they get out on tour. Um, and other than that, I just, you know, at RotoBuzzGuy on Twitter is, is the spot. They know me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm at Finkerton on Twitter. On Instagram, you can find me at Ari Daniel Fink. And it's, it's a thrill, man. Howard is one of the best guys in the business and a uh, great friend. And uh, I'll come ruin your podcast anytime, Bender. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know where to go with that one, but you say, yeah, yeah, probably. You probably will. It's um, a beautiful I, mess. It's fun. We have fun, man. It's great. We do. That's that's why I needed you here for, for this show. Absolutely. This gives everybody a chance, a different look, a different angle. We can still talk fantasy football. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that, uh, that it, it gives them a little bit more insight into you. Uh, as well so that's going to do it for us here at anti up again a big thanks to ari fink for joining us uh we'll be back with uh, adam ronis off of his vacation for the next episode so until then for ari fink i'm howard bender this has been anti up and we'll catch you next time